Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. <laughs> I'm your <laughs> diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. And I always mm. talk like this. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, like a game show host. Alive with pleasure. <laughs> alive with pleasure. I am I am a walking Newport. <laughs> so so thin. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> Today we're talking about murder in the saddle. Hmm. Going to be <laughs> reaching real hard <laughs> for things to talk about uh, with murder in the saddle. Uh, but, round them up because we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Swinging my lasso, looking for hey. topics. Yeehaw! <laughs> it's the hearts in on the rawhide. Oh lord, <laughs> raw hearts. The raw hearts <sighs> bring lots of fringe. Ooh, it's a fringe heavy episode. This is a very fringe heavy. It episode. is. I have some special fringe trivia. Ooh, should I uh, wait or should I, I do think, it now? Well, let's let's wait because right okay. now we have to do our minute max where we try to sum up the plot of the episode uh, um. in sixty seconds. And today, Ellen gets to begin. Okay. All right. Here it goes. (laughs) Murder in the saddle. The hearts go to the Double Heart Ranch and they are greeted by their foreman, who is, I think, Ethel Merman in a cowboy hat. (laughs) Then uh, they meet Tom Raintree, who gives Jennifer a cult, not a cult like Heaven's Gate, but a cult like a young male horse. And she's super excited. And then everyone goes fishing, but nobody's getting any bites because the fish aren't biting. But you know what is? Dead prospectors. (laughs) Then they meet. Balinger, who is clearly evil, but is pretending that he's not. The next day, Jennifer and Jonathan go riding, and they find a whole bunch of Tom Raintree's cows dead on the banks, and the colt, not uh, Charles Manson's colt, but the colt, the young male horse, (laughs) is also poisoned. So then the hearts are like, we're going to test some water, and the bad guy's like, I'm going to strip mine this shit. Get out of here. He pushes rocks onto the hearts, but they don't die. Then they get their raw samples, then they poison the water some more, they shoot Tom Raintree. The henchman is a sheriff, twist, and then the hearts get chased, uh, on their horses to a ghost town. <laughs> yeah. And then Jonathan booby traps it like boot Hill, the video game. And then freeway walks the horse around the tarmac. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That's the episode. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I guess no one else has to do that because nice Ellen just nailed it. So yeah. uh, moving. No, <laughs> Pretty, you covered everything. You really did. Um, okay. I'll, I'll do mine. Unless just, I'm forgetting everything. I'll get mine over with. I think I barely scratched the surface on this one. <laughs> Actually, I don't think any surface was presented in the episode <laughs> to scratch. Um, yeah, let me let me try. Murder in the Saddle. The hearts go on vacation to the Double Heart Ranch, uh, where, unbeknownst to them, a guy who bought the land next to their property is poisoning the water supply and blaming it on a chemical company that's up the river. Uh, so that he can illegally strip mine that area, uh, and that's illegal. And he's really worried about the liberals who are going to vote for it to <laughs> to keep it illegal. Uh, he has an evil henchman who's really silly. Um, they the uh, a dude gives Jennifer a horse, which I think is a really weird gift. Uh, because what are they going to do with that horse? Uh, they have to go back to LA. <laughs> Um, the horse gets poisoned, but doesn't die because it's magic. Uh, the, the, the hearts, there's a ghost town next to the hearts area. 
that is very easy to be booby trapped and a lot of candy glass. It's very strange. Um, fringe. <laughs> wow. That was a, a <laughs> stream of consciousness. I was, I was doing like an EE. It was Cummings. a jazzy sort of. <laughs> riff, yeah, that was like. Kind of riffed it. You know, like. Yeah. We reach. I'm vibing. Yeah. <laughs> we reach. Very staccato jazz style. Five minute max. I almost said five minute max. Oh, Joe. All right. Suffice to say, it's all on you. Yeah. <laughs> You're the future. All right. Here You're we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what? <laughs> Our only hope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Help me, Joby One Kenobi. Help me, Joby One. <laughs> <laughs> Joby. I'm with the Let Empire. Me Josh. Did I say Josh? All right. Murder in the saddle. Finally, we have a cowboy themed episode of Heart to Heart properly. <laughs> there are so many cowboy hats. The the hearts land a private jet in the middle of a field where they're sta- their ranch person comes and greets them and gives them horses to ride back uh and they ride to the ranch and they have max there is there and they're all visiting for for a vacation and um tom raintree comes in and gives jennifer a colt and she names it cochise and then they the neighbors they're going they go fishing and they meet the neighbor who bought the land next door and he seems like an asshole and it turns out he is because he's a bad guy uh he tries to blame the chemical plant on poisoning all these cows but it turns out it was him just dumping a bunch of uh chemical shit in the water 10 miles away from the plant i think uh which is how they figure it out and then they kill tom raintree which really sucks uh and then they try to kill john jonathan and jennifer by dumping a pile of rocks on a truck and they really crush a a truck with rocks and it looks really cool the end (laughs) (laughs) wow oh my goodness (laughs) that's the end of the episode (sighs) the crush truck well guys we have a special <laughs> treat. Mm. We have a real minute, Max. Yay. From a proven, Is it real? A proven um, <laughs> professional, our formerly unnamed husband of Jenny, <laughs> Bill. 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 Jenny's unnamed husband presents Murder in the Saddle. <laughs> the hearts travel to their ranch for some R&R. Max exits the plane. First murder victim, Willie Nelson. Roxy, the ranch manager, bitch slaps Jonathan. <laughs> Jennifer approves. Oh, look, a pony. Everyone goes fishing. Jennifer catches a corpse. The hearts meet Zeke Ballinger, who won Boss Hog's car in a poker game. The hearts go riding. Horses, not each other. Oh, shit, the pony. The hearts do some next-level EPA stuff on a poison river. Sexy, sexy, kissy, kissy. The hearts are nearly killed in a rock slide. Their friend, Tom Raintree, is killed by a discount Burl Ives with a missing boot tip. Mayhem ensues. The hearts end up in ghost town. Jennifer wets her lips. Jonathan takes care of business. Freeway has a new friend. Good night, Cochise. The yeah. end. <laughs> Good wow. night, Cochise. He has a great voice for Minute Max's. Can we just stop doing ours and just have them do it? I really like that idea. <laughs> yeah, we could just pay them. Hey, Jenny and Bill, you can have half of what we make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zero times two. Thanks, you guys. That was a great I want to listen to it again. Yeah. That was like Bod. a work of art to me. I thought. Wow. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah. Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Nice job. Right. Nice work. I, don't, I just don't even know where to where to begin with this episode. I. Uh, uh. In the field with Roxy. <laughs> when they land Roxy. their private jet in a field. Roxy's amazing to me. I have to say, I feel like this is one of the better acted episodes in terms of just like the the flow of the dialogue and the lack of overt 
Like there, nobody comes, shows up and is like brutally wooden that's in true. particular. That's, that's like the henchmen true. kind of get traction after a while. Mm. Um, for a heart to heart episode, there's a fair amount of backstory, like how uh, Roxy gives them the scoop on Zeke Ballinger, who they're weirdly not suspicious of. Um by telling that crazy story about how he dismembered a bull. Yeah. <laughs> a like fifty thousand dollar prize. Shattered his prize leg or something. To put on the hood of his car. And the way she tells it is very like the only thing missing is my favorite device, right? The flashlight under the chin. Yeah. And the way she lays into that story is so like <laughs> I mean, if you think that's well, wait a second, I have more. It's totally that vibe. Mm. And everyone kind of I don't know that they're really reacting in the way that she's trying. Like, I feel like she's really trying to say like that motherfucker's crazy. And they're like, Ooh, that's bad. bad." The the nonchalance that just like wafts off of Jonathan and Jennifer in this episode is Mm -hmm. almost unnerving to me. Um, Like Mm -hmm. they, I hate, I'm sorry to say this. They were the flaw in this episode for me. Oh, (laughs) I mean, I mean the, this, the whole again. I'm. It's a west. It's a western. I'm just bored already. But oh. that said, they were the flaw for me. Like they were so just like, well, maybe something's happening. I don't know. And lots of quips and jokes. And then the whole hmm. finale. The the climax at the ghost town was just that Muppetville, was out of left USA. Field. I I couldn't deal with that. They just needed to introduce that ghost town a little earlier. It wasn't yeah. supposed to be a town. Just mention it. Just mention like, oh, so, we should go to purgatory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're, well, you're between us and purgatory. Yeah. Very um, strange. I, yeah. I mean, this is really one of those episodes where I'm like, ah, oh, I never thought I'd say this, but I wish they would have gone more Scooby-Doo because it is mm. a classic Scooby-Doo basic framework yes. for the plot. Right, yes. he's trying to get everybody out by killing everybody's everything. Mm-hmm. All their old, weird old prospectors, all of Tom Raintree's cattle, blahdy blah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they killed like two hundred of that guy's cattle, and then they killed him. That sucks. Yeah, I guess that's less Scooby Doo than that's a little serious. <laughs> but I feel like if I guess wait, I take it back because if they had gone Scooby Doo. Maybe they would have gone with a ghost town vibe, which would have been cowboy ghosts. But I have a bad feeling anytime a character like the totally innocent Tom Raintree is involved, that there would have been some kind of Indian burial ground bullshit that was so mm-hmm. popular around the time. And so never mind. Never mind. Don't go more Scooby-Doo. It is perfect just the way it is. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. Totally perfect. Very fine indeed. I was going to say that Great. almost sounded like a rewrite. No, nope. no, nope. She just dug herself out of that yeah, rewrite she hole. Dug herself out of that <laughs> burial ground grave. There's there's claw marks on the ground from that. <laughs> well, it sounds like oh. we might disagree on our ratings again because I really liked the cowboy thing. And ooh, there was a shot ooh. when Jonathan and Jennifer were on their horses and they found the, all the dead cows. The music in that scene, it really felt like I was watching. A really good movie. It felt really mm. high production value. This, that scene was the, the horseback was riding is is great. Yeah. There's also the scene when they're when they're being chased by the Brahma bullhorned. What did Bill call them? I hope you say Boss Hog. That's perfect. I, yes. Um, when they're chasing them through the uh, scrub brush, mm. there's a silhouetted moment of Jonathan and Jennifer riding their horses. Mm-hmm. That's just a classic mm. Western. 
thing, but I have to talk about um, how you said there were claw marks as I was digging myself <laughs> up because I made a note of one of Zeke, the deeply sarcastic and evil Zeke Balinger's quotes. This is not one of his sarcastic ones, but it is dumb and amazing. <laughs> uh, was, oh, the hearts will be closing escrow. On an unmarked grave. Yeah, I almost wrote that down, but then I thought, yeah. Ellen will write that down. That's, yeah, that's and then crazy one. henchman Balman. Val. Val. He goes, <laughs> return to center, and then he does the classic nutso henchman, like super high-pitched laugh. Mm-hmm. Right? Return to center. <laughs> I felt like the villains in this episode were great. Um, yeah. They were viable. <laughs> like these are they these were, are people that exist. Yeah. This makes yep. sense. The reason they're doing it makes it, sense. Right. To it me. was like current events. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Val was legit unhinged, creepy, mm-hmm. and not in a simple way, but in a very like, oh fuck, like this guy's gonna shoot them because they're fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Zeke was a terrible actor at being good and a great mm-hmm. actor at being evil. He was, it was really, the villains yeah. were really well done. And he wants to, he mm-hmm. wanted to strip mine the Valley. That's why he wanted to collect yeah, all these properties, which is a very realistic rich guy thing to do. Totally. Totally. Enough coal to heat Cleveland for 20 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But that's, so that, that scene where they found the dead cattle, I, I was like, Oh shit. Like, that's great. We're really in it now. Like yeah. this. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I may sound like I didn't like this episode as much as I did. Um, because I did enjoy it, but it is, it, I, my brain <laughs> sees open planes and I'm just like, <laughs> uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But, uh, but yeah, the, this episode had some good clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. A lot of fringe, a lot of fringe, a lot of cowboy hats, a lot of fringe and yeah, a, a Stetson really for every hats. occasion. There were like eight cowboy hats in some of those shots. It was a little bit overload from, for me. <laughs> Uh, my fringe trivia is that you might get, you might just know. Do you guys know what fringe was for? Why it was invented and used? I do not. Ellen, mm-hmm. any guesses? To, I don't know why. What to keep bugs away? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why I find this so interesting. I think it was like I googled it while we were watching Project Runway or something. Probably it it was to whip. Oh, during that season where everyone put fringe yes, on everything, probably yeah. they invented it. Yes. yes. It's to wick moisture off of the clothes onto these little fringes that would then air dry faster. It's a moisture wicking thing, which kind of just blows my mind that it has a purpose. Yeah, because all the moisture would run down, you know, off the cloth into these little tendrils, which would then air dry much quicker than if you just had fabric, just like straight fabric. But we're talking about. Not about the Project Runway Fringe. No, no, Not no. about Jonathan Jennifer Hearts. Yes. So we're talking that it's like a variation on things like raincoats made out of uh, grass and things like that, where it's just no, it's like uh, water, like cowboy fringe, not repel. He, I know, but cowboys didn't invent fringe. Is where I'm going no, no, with no. this. Is that oh. I'm thinking of native, uh, traditional indigenous garments that mm-hmm. have fringe. Is, oh, is yeah. actually who would be repelling water off themselves? I guess. Yes. Okay. But that's why it's used. I just found that so fascinating. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just like. I I thought it was like a. It's smart. Fashion it's like thing. science. Science. Fashion yeah. science. Yeah. That is sure that's nice, Joe. I had no idea. I, I like never that. even I thought like about that. Cool. I never even have wondered about that. Yeah. That's what it's for. I just thought it was like a co-opted thing by cowboys. It definitely is. That oh, totally. Well. <laughs> but you know, co-opted. It's for, so much for more a, than that. It's so much more than that. <laughs> yeah, I guess cowboys would need it. 
So yeah. it made sense that they would have it. But it also looks fucking fabulous. <sighs> Jonathan's fur coat, blue shirt, black bandana neckerchief look mm-hmm. is a real problem. <laughs> Where to begin? It's a real problem. <laughs> I like the shirt. The shirt's good. The coat's good. Uh, I, I thought the coat was actually kind of great. Mm. But that combo? No. <laughs> No, dad. No, you're not allowed to wear that outside. (laughs) (laughs) The neckerchief, it persists. I mean, the neckerchief Mm. is like the dude. The neckerchief will out. Jonathan's wardrobe. Yeah. The neckerchief abides. Um, It's a lot. I feel like in terms of outfits that there's two consistent winners, just H to T, as we say, Mm -hmm. um, Every scene, it's Jennifer and Roxy. Yep. Yeah. When every single time they're on screen, yes. it's just a complete amazing look. Oh, Roxy. Max has a, everybody else has a lot of amazing separates, but there's just something. There's always one thing that's kind of like, oh, if only not the neckerchief, mm-hmm. if only not the weird khaki slacks. They Max always put uh, Jonathan in utility vests too, which I think they're trying to make him sporty, rich guy look, and it's not good. I hate yeah, that a Tommy Bahama kind. Yeah, of. that vest. <laughs> he always wears vests, and it's not good. I don't like it. Jonathan actually wears one of my at this moment anyway. Here we are, two thirds of the way through season two. This is definitely in my top five of Jonathan's fashion looks. And, you know, I usually like either like the full on, like really well tailored three piece suit vibe or the V-neck sweater. Like I like a more casual Jonathan or it just has to fit like has to be a really, really impeccable. But in this episode, he is wearing a blue Western shirt. Right. I think. Mm-hmm. And the apron. Oh, yes. And that is the best I have ever seen Jonathan Hart look. That yeah. was, I did love wow. the apron. Time. That's my favorite. That was look. a good look. That's when they, they, he meets Cochise, the cult. Cochise. <laughs> the gift cult. Why did. <laughs> let's, let's, let's call him Cochise. It's so crazy. Not Cochise. <laughs> Cochise? Wait, what? Cochise. That's his name? Cochise. Yes. They pronounced it Cochise. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> what is. The spelling, <laughs> Cochise. I thought it was Cochise. C O C H I S E. I believe is the Cochise phonetic spelling. Cochise of Cochise. Well, it's weird that Tom Raintree gave Jennifer a gift. I'm not sure. And he, last time they saw him, he was having all these money troubles, and here they are flying their private jet in. It's just <laughs> a little weird like i did well, economically yeah i'm never i'm never gonna understand anyone that receives a horse as a gift yeah uh, that's that's just <laughs> never gonna be in my world but mm-hmm. but go ahead do your thing huh uh, i don't i didn't think it was weird that he gave her a gift of a horse of a horse well i guess i just didn't like it's like he's a rancher yeah yeah, and, and they he have a is, ranch. Uh, he really likes Jennifer and Jonathan, and he comes over to wish them well and talk about his good fortune. Hmm. I just wonder like, things are things are going really well for him. He has eight hundred heads of cattle, and he finally bought the ranch that he's been paying off. And like yeah. it's what he says, it's a welcome home gift. I mean that that cult is amazing, mm-hmm. and it's just to me, it's just one more way for Stephanie Powers to communicate to us that in real life she calls. 
animal's baby. Yes. That. <laughs> that was uh, her interaction with the horse. I was like, oh my God, I love this. I know. <laughs> yeah. When she kissed its what? nose, I was like, oh, I want to kiss that horse's nose. <laughs> do you think they put peanut butter yes. on yes. the horse's <laughs> nose to make pe- Freeway lick it? And freeway, you can see it. You can see like a little, yeah. like just a little bit. <laughs> Like a little strip mm. of it. It's really cute. And you can tell mm. Freeway. Joe tastes like Cochise. Yeah. Mm, Cochise. <laughs> freeway isn't licking that horse out of love. You can tell Freeway is trying to get that nose because there's sustenance <laughs> on it. It's you can just it's very clear that that's not a loving kiss. It's, I was, of course, like seeing <laughs> the scene where where Cochise is like laying in the laying in the barn and they're they're nursing him back to health. And Freeway is sitting right next to him with one paw on him. Mm-hmm. I I know that that was, of course, I know it was a staged little oh, shot yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But all my mind kept going to was like, what if Boba was friends with a horse? <laughs> like, that would kill me. It'd be so beautiful. <laughs> she she probably is friends with a horse. We just don't know the horse. That's is true. that in the second scene when Cochise is unwell? Because yes. I could see no difference from Cochise's situation in the first scene. <laughs> like, Cochise looked, and maybe this is just... You know, this this particular horse is a method actor or something, but Cochise lying uh, by the riverbank, mm-hmm. surrounded by dead cows. Were those really dead cows or are those cows that they trained to lie down or did they go to the slaughterhouse and get the cows? I felt really freaked out by I, I the dead cows. I, I think that it would probably be cheapest to just buy a bunch of dead cows, mm-hmm. uh, but it also could have been like, I don't know, sedated cows. <laughs> no, I doubt it. Like fake dead cows no they were i don't real. know they were real they were those real. were definitely yeah, cows. they were huge and yeah so that gave me pause but yeah. anyways yeah. i digress um i was wondering about that too cochise horse actor <laughs> like uh poisoned surrounded by dead cows from somewhere and so the horse is like Bleh, and john's or jennifer's like oh he's he's okay we'll save him and so then Cochise is in the barn hanging out so that Zeke Balinger can come and pretend to be a normal person again. But the horse is just kind of, right, lying down. And then the next day, the hearts are in their pajamas like it's Christmas morning, except their gift is that the horse is still lying there in the exact same way. And I realize I'm asking the horse to do a performance or something, (laughs) but I feel like I would have the horse stand up to indicate that the horse was better because they talk for a little while about how the horse is looking a lot better and everybody's all yeehaw or whatever, right? Like, oh, you got your PJs on, blah, blah, like, oh, much better, much more lively. And I'm like, that. how can you tell that the horse is much more lively? It's seriously just still lying down. Yeah, um, I think they probably sedated the horse, right? I would I would assume. I don't know if horses are. Or they got one act. of those dead horses from the. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. They animatronic its mouth <laughs> so it could take. <laughs> they just kept food. blowing air into it. To <laughs> <make> it <laughs> I think if you just let the natural course, it'll inflate itself. <laughs> you just like leave it to be. They time lapsed the. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't. I don't know what like that. That's. Uh, vet with the really cool eyeglasses and the vest oh yes he he seemed to be quite on top of it because for myself when you have a vet that's like i've figured this out it's polychlorinated biphenyl poison (laughs) oh yeah it's like oh doc dr smart brains thank (laughs) you for helping cochise dr cochise dr manfred um <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking for the wettest bath and the driest martini. <laughs> <laughs> 
Great line. <laughs> yeah, so good. I was like, wait, did Jennifer just speak my creed? <laughs> <laughs> a new segment idea. What did Jennifer wish on that shooting star? Specifically. Ooh. Oh, okay. No, her reaction <laughs> no. to it. The benefits. Yeah. You'll reap the Who benefits. Gets the benefits. Um, what is it? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to say what I, I what I said it was. It. I'm not doing that one. Um, I'm gonna say that she wished for a long, healthy life. Uh, what popped into my head immediately is that she just silently wished. I wish I could suck his dick. <laughs> Did she flash one of her, quote, backroom smiles? Yes. What is that? The backroom smile. I And how does Jonathan know she can do that? Well, what? How does Jonathan is know that? she knows what that is? Yeah. One of your backroom smiles. You know, your back What's when you're that? in the back room and you smile. Yeah. I don't know. It's the, uh, I think it's supposed to be the, the hooker in the brothel, like, hey, boy, like, wink, wink. <laughs> oh. Come over yeah, here. It's back room. This is all from from watching you play Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, right. <laughs> One of your saloon girls. Yeah, saloon, your saloon girls. I just uh-uh. wish I wish that whole scene had taken place in an actual little town square. I wish that whole that scene ghost. didn't take place. I, that, I like that, the scene. I did not like it at all. It did have oh, I just, everything about it was wrong for me. So before that, they followed Zeke. And the sheriff, who they now know is in on this, because they killed. Good, that a was a good twist. twist. <laughs> it was great. It was a great twist. Yep. Uh, they followed them. Dudley the dodo. He's the sheriff. They follow them back to their ranch, and they see them all talking, and then they decide to break in. And it's like, do you think? I mean, I feel like you have enough. I don't feel like they needed to break into their house, to Zeke's house. Because also what they found, they could see from the window. It was a giant placard of like, my plans to strip mine in the valley. It was this huge poster board and you could see it from the window. So breaking and entering. Also, he would be well with, Zeke would be well within his rights to shoot them at that point. Of course, yes. Um, But why didn't they even try the front door? Yeah, good question. But it led to, which I do like, the most realistic disarming we've ever seen on Heart to Heart, I think. Because Jonathan puts the giant strip mining poster board down. He pretends to like set it down, covering his hand, which he uses to rip the rug out from underneath Zeke. Yes. Literally uh-huh. pulls the rug out from under Zeke Bale. Yes, and I just, you know, all, of all the ones we've seen, Jennifer with her little satchel handbag knocking, you know, this constantly, <laughs> they just can like hit the hand that's holding a gun and it'll fly across the room. We've seen that time and time again. This, I thought, was at least a little bit more original and realistic. I always love the handbag hitting the gun because (laughs) to me, that just, that's always unexpected by the by the gun holder Mm. is that the woman is going to act up and (laughs) use use her accessory that I don't think of as a weapon. Mm -hmm. Clever. Yeah. Like, do it. Like, use what you got. It's got to be a clutch, though, which is just something that you would immediately throw aside. Unless it was a really great, really special clutch. Like, evening clutch. Or maybe you had a brand new love. And she she does it with a backroom Um, smile. Joe, I totally, the, when you said the, the <laughs> disarming one, this just tells you where my head's at today. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess he's probably talking about when Jonathan uh, wraps the rope around uh, the pilings over and over again and collapses the, no. <laughs> the awning on top of the sheriff and then takes his gun. 
I, but that's not the one you meant. No, uh, just that yeah. one pound piece of aluminum. It's like it's tiny. It like floats down on top of the guy. Yeah, I, but I Dudley, can't. like he, they show his face. He looks <laughs> kind of fucked up. Yeah. The the pulling the rug out from under Zeke. I appreciate really everything about that, except that I know from my own experience of being a super lazy person who ignores. Um, I guess I ignore the future. I'm someone that if something is on a rug and I should just be a normal person and go over and move the piece of furniture that has, I don't know, expensive glassware or art that I'm about to break on top of it, instead of taking the things off the table, moving the table responsibly, I'm totally the person that will just be like, yank, yank yeah. on the rug, you know? And then my excuse for that is not, I'm lazy. My excuse is, I live alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm the only super dumb, negligent, lazy person that lives here. Yeah. So pulling on the rug, it's like, I know for a fact, my first thought was like, after kind of being like, ha ha, satisfying, I was like, oh man, it would be so hard to actually do that. It would yeah. be hard to, like, to pull You could the rug do it with one hand. A man's weight on, like, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Unless he was standing with his feet completely together, like, face forward you know just like maybe then you could or if he was in motion at all like if he was slightly in motion Mm -hmm. then it would have been i guess yeah if he was just completely unawares right like if you're not you're not like digging in or something but i was just kind of like that makes me want to try it like it it i know maybe we should do that stand on a rug and just just like yeah like close my eyes and just relax like a little little kitchen rug or something you guys go do that and come back (laughs) yeah that'll no we we would go do that and one of us would go to the hospital because uh i would end up dead i I would end up with my skull cracked open (laughs) a rewrite which I think was just a quick one, which would be really funny is if Jonathan tries to do that. and Put orphans rug- on the rug? Yeah, and then there's a bunch of orphans. <laughs> he, he tries to pull the rug out from underneath him, but the rug just rips in half. Yes. And then they both sit there for a yeah. second. And then, he th- and then he throws the rug piece in his face, and that's yes. how they get away. I, oh, that. I, I yeah, love that. That would have been great. I yes, love that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that, I could totally see that in the show. Mm-hmm. That's but so good. Actually, Joe, since you brought up rewrite, I hope that you're already uh, busy scripting the mm. weird. It's not an orphanage, it's like a dude ranch <laughs> for the orphans. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the same orphans, but they're just the on same- a trip. With the nuns. Same Christmas orphanage orphans. And they're drinking out of the river. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They're making like Well, the ones that aren't getting shot in the head. Yeah. Um, my my major rewrite for this episode is Tom Raintree. I don't I really don't like that he died. I he was a great dude, totally innocent. I wish that he could have helped them out more that rather than just getting murdered basically I the second hate, yeah, scene. Yeah, I hate that he was murdered, but I oh. you know what I hate more than his murder was that the fall the next day when the hearts are leaving, no mm. one cares. No, like they, there's they they're all just smiling and joking. Anything about Tom Range Not a fucking but, word. Yeah. But it's sort of like the day after they go fishing for corpses, Jennifer comes downstairs <laughs> and she's like, prospector. Oh, I, I had a I had a great night's sleep. Oh, and Roxy, uh, did they ever figure out who that dead guy is? <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, oh, you might have buried the lead there. This is, yeah. Or this is, we yeah. don't care about the dead prospectors. I this mean, is okay. what I was saying, though. Like, this this episode, the hearts are the, are the weak link for me. Mm. They're a little out to lunch on this one, but yeah. the horseback riding scenes are so great. Yeah. And I feel their banter is really, is pretty great in this one. Like, it's just enough. 
Mm-hmm. For me, not too much. Sometimes it's just too much. I'll gi- I'll give it to the, the banter and. I on, I didn't notice the uh, the horseback riding scenes as being anything. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why my mind, uh, my eyes are blind to pastoral cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. <laughs> I can't it's do it. It's the cowboy shit thing. Yeah, I don't um, know. It doesn't do anything for me at all. I It took me a while to figure out where their ranch might be located. So I guess it's in Colorado, right? I was trying that too because they... There's no information on where it was shot, uh, where they right. filmed this episode. So, but I'm, they they uh, mention I wasn't trying to. I was thinking of where it is in within the context of the story, and they mentioned Durango, which is Colorado. Okay, right? I I don't know. I but was, then they yes. buzz the they buzz the Grand Canyon on the way to their ranch. So I not know. I thought it was Wyoming. I I just from from. Driving through Wyoming, it looked like Wyoming. <laughs> right. The only ranch I have ever actually been to in my life for any length of time was in Wyoming. So, auto- yeah, I also kind of automatically <laughs> seat all ranches in Wyoming, which don't add us ranch people. Yeah. There are ranches <laughs> everywhere. We know that. There's all kinds of ranches. Ranch doesn't mean uh, Western even. It's just um, like a place with a bunch of livestock, right? Unless mm-hmm. it's a dude ranch. Or unless it's in Hidden Valley. Mm. Mm. Sally. My favorite ranch. Sally Kellerman. <laughs> that's the ranch I want to go to. <laughs> Hidden Valley. I want to go to a ranch that's rich and creamy. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Death Swallow, this episode reminded me of my youth growing up in Montana because it was a lot of very rich people moving in and pretending to be cowboys and do it dressing up. They would get horses, you know, they just do the whole very ritzy, rich cowboy kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's what people go to Whitefish to do sometimes. So that the the hearts reminded me of those that type of people in this episode. <laughs> they build these giant log cabins. It's insane. I was able to repress my usual feeling whenever I see scenes of a western or whatever, which is to and livestock is to freak out and think that I'm going to get a tick. <laughs> oh, going to get one. And yes, much like ranchers, I know there's ticks all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually love the look of the Western landscape and the, in particular the Southwestern landscape. I love it mm-hmm. as a Northwesterner. Mm-hmm. It's just speaks to me. Time I've spent on a ranch, I just, I totally get it. It's amazing. Uh, it's so quiet and lovely. But then there's just always some insidious strip mining <laughs> corrupt liberal hating motherfucker yeah. that just drives by or something and just wrecks it dumps rocks on your car yeah when jonathan's like oh he was trying to get two hearts with one stone it's like that was like a hundred stones yeah. yeah also i think those are technically rocks aren't stones small <laughs> boulders that was a giant pile of boulders that scene was kind of shocking to me when they because yeah. they actually destroyed that truck. I know. Oh, man. it was and so that cool wasn't old and shitty that was like it like was new joe's saying that's what the the well-heeled mm. ranch trucks are like yeah yeah Oof. That was yeah. that was crazy. When that first rock hit it, I was like, "God damn!" Like, yeah, like, damn. And then they just keep showing it. It's I like, know. yeah, get your money's worth on that one. Yeah, well done. It was visceral. That was pretty. It felt great. Le- yeah, it was legit. I went back and forth on. We were talking about Roxy earlier. I mm-hmm. ping ponged so hard back and forth on her, liking her, loving her, disliking her, finding her very annoying, and the same with their. The interior of their ranch. Oh. I I hated it when I first saw it. And then I the more time they spent in there, the more I loved it. And much like Roxy. 
I don't know. She goes hand in hand, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, her for her, it was just the accent, the over to the topness of her. I just was pretty annoyed with her for some of the episode. Her voice was very like old Hollywood actress. Yeah, like, like it was. I I which I love like that kind of accent, quote unquote accent. I love it. It just it makes me smile. Um, it doesn't lend any validity to anything, but it is like because no. <laughs> it was. I was like, what are you a a New York cowboy? Like, what is it? What oh. is this? Yeah. Um, a million percent. As Joe was going back and forth on whether or not he liked the character, I think I was going back and forth on whether or not I thought she was more Ethel Mermany or more Anne Millery. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. Like uh-huh. it was. But <laughs> right, I was like, I was like, oh, oh, well, maybe. Oh, no. Well, maybe. Oh, no. Well, oh, maybe. <laughs> you know. Um, and so I think this is actually. The, like we're talking about your orphans, their dude ranch. Yeah. For the asthmatic orphans, I guess. Um, the <laughs> Thelma Ritter's uh, School for Grown-Up Girls, mm-hmm. I think might have a dude ranch facility. And if so, I'm pretty sure Roxy, I don't know if she just is a graduate that then came back to run that dude ranch uh, for Ethel, <laughs> Ethel Merman and Miller's school. <laughs> For grown-up sassy uh, foreman ladies, I don't know. It's a lot, but the character, I was kind of like, well, you know, normally I just can't get, I just can't go there. But yeah, I feel like she did a great job with it, and yeah. that makes it like it I, wasn't. I love her. She did. She did what she could with that cartoony character. Like yeah. she did it. She played it as well as anyone could. And Overall. she's like super charming and her outfits yeah. are so yes. on point mm-hmm. as well as her makeup, like her whole mm-hmm. look was so perfect that I just have to embrace her. I do kind of I wish think. I would have switched the Tom Raintree role with her role. I would have Tom, Tom Raintree. They should have helped him out by hiring him to be their foreman. Is that what they're called? They called her a foreman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they yeah. called her that, I was like, Oh, they have a factory out here and we're going to go to their factory. Hmm. But no, it's just a ranch foreman. I have never heard that before. Yeah. Um, I wish they had hired Tom Raintree to be her, and then she would have gotten murdered by <laughs> looking by discovering the plot. I, w- I, uh, I would have switched I mean, that. Technically, I'm okay with that um, rewrite, but also like I don't know. I lo- I liked her. I liked Roxy. I liked uh, I liked how that actress committed 100% to every yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did love Tom and I thought his like his performance was so perfectly understated and yeah. real. Yeah. He was so good. Yeah. yeah. And really I did, so when when they killed him I was like that's bullshit. <laughs> like you just what the fuck is this? This is bullshit. But if they didn't kill him I mean, he, they, if they had didn't to kill, kill him, him. They wouldn't have found they out that, that the sheriff was in on it. Yeah. Um, I did love how they found that out was from the, the tip of his boot. I know. Um, Custom yeah. was really boot good. Tip. Custom boot tip. They, they had to kill him, which isn't the same thing. So we're clear as me saying that he deserved to die. He did not. But that scene where the sheriff comes and they're, the hearts like are having that moment where they're figuring out, like, oh shit, the sheriff's in on it. The boot tip, the whole deal, right? Mm. Um, that's that's pretty great. Yeah. That's a pretty great yeah. Yeah. thing. I, cu- I could not, when they show that Dudley is not um, the fat-shamed, bubbling, bumbling henchman, like that's not all that he is. When we learned that he's the sheriff, I had a serious like, what? I yeah. do. <laughs> it raised the stakes for sure. Yeah. Um, 
Is he the sheriff of that ghost town? <laughs> of purgatory? <laughs> of purgatory? Of purgatory? Is that what they called it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Is that what it's actually called? It's actually a back lot. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spawn Ranch. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how weird it was that the horses that the Hearts were riding, that Jennifer's horse couldn't clear the, yes! <laughs> the that, fence? That, brought, that was so scary have you guys have you guys been on a horse ever no have you mm-hmm. ever ridden a horse that mm-hmm. uh, did you like it i don't mind it the first time i ever did was i was in middle school and we used to get exchange students that would stay with us and they would do these big events like you know uh, montana events and one of them was horseback riding and i remember mm-hmm. it was the first time i was ever on a horse and just like leaving the stable one of the exchange students horses tripped and then i was just terrified because i was like they can trip the whole time and my horse the horse behind me would bump my horse's butt and my horse would just start running down the trail so i was just terrified the whole time so that really brought me back to that moment of just being terrified on the horse for like four hours we were on a the longest trail ride it was horrible i hated every minute of it i was so scared and that brought me back to that where it's like oh horses can make mistakes (laughs) and you can fall and die (laughs) Have you been on a horse since that time? Yeah, I did another one one more time with my friend's mom's boyfriend. He he had horses and we did. It was a beautiful ride. That was great because that's when I really discovered I was trying to like nudge the horse. I was like, maybe let's try to go this way. And I could feel the horse getting it was my first like bonding moment. I could feel the horse being frustrated that I wasn't telling it what to do. And so Mm -hmm. that's like, oh, I have to like tell it what to do. And then it appreciates that. But then on that trip, we went down a cliffside that was full of dead trees. <laughs> and so it was, it brought me right back to that moment of the horse tripping because it was, this horse was just trying to get through these, all these dead branches. It was trying to pick its way down this cliffside. It was horrifying. But we did get to like park them at a bar and then go into the bar, which was really cool. That part seems really fun. That's, yeah, that's was, awesome. The other part fun. seems like Man from Snowy River in mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Horses, I just never. I mean, I told you guys like my aunt, my aunt used great aunt used to raise Arabian horses. Oh, I um, don't know. Have you told us this? And so the horse thing, I just never was a horsey girl. Yeah. Although I know a lot of grown like of adult, I guess now they're horsey women. That sounds weird, <laughs> but they know you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Where it's like I actually uh, never, even as I was. Uh, methodically plodding my way through the children's section of the library, reading every single thing except the ones about quarterbacks. I skipped all of the horsey, like the Misty from Chincoteague and Stormy, full of Misty from Chincoteague. I don't know. (laughs) But um, I just never got into horses that way. I like it as a motif because if you go to the thrift stores or vintage stores or like anything about Western wear, like a a horse motif is great. Yeah. I just am not like, into it i get it the second time i rode the horse i sort of understood that level but you have to have your own horse in order to get that level because you have to bond with it you have to get to know it and that's beautiful that's great i can see why people love horses when that happens but my aunt and her partner are both horse loving they have horses they go trail riding all the time and she got kicked by the horse and she had to have her jaw wired shut for a year and my dad and I both were just like, then why do you have horses? <laughs> like, that's just so <laughs> insane that like you and she was still into it and still loved it. And it's just like, God, that level of commitment that blew my I mean, mind. I'd rather have a horse than a gun, but I, mm-hmm. I 
don't particularly want either. They do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> They're both killing machines. They both are killing machines. <laughs> machines meant to kill. I mean, if somebody gave me a horse and I could afford to keep it, I wouldn't be like, no, thank you. Yeah. Someone gave me a horse and be like, you know, what somebody the fuck said, are welcome, you doing? <laughs> he said, welcome home, Ellen. Here is a present. For Valentine's Day, we're going to get you a colt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, a colt? A yeah. colt. Or a colt? I guess I, I realized I, I was also thinking as I was laughing to myself, about how about the cult 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 mm-hmm. thing but it's like oh cult also could be a gun yeah oh yeah or a malt beverage or a malt beverage hmm. some people have yeah, all we'll, three we'll just we're gonna have a, a horse delivered to your apartment in tacoma and yeah. it's, <laughs> it's gonna be led into I mean, your apartment i think there's room well <laughs> a little stable in the corner <laughs> They don't really need to move that Sorry, much. Sorry, I'm actually looking around as if you're really doing that. I don't know why. I'm all, oh, well, that space. <laughs> Where could I put a horse? Walk in hmm, closet. I guess I can move that table. And <laughs> Did you right. guys? I guess I could drag that rug <laughs> the table. The guy, um, Zeke, said something when, they, when he caught them in his house that just blew my mind open. And I couldn't listen to anything else they said in that scene because I was just thinking about this statement over and over again. <laughs> And he says, you know what they say, when the going gets rich, the rich get going. And I was just like, what is that? Because I've been thinking about about like stock market stuff and like that kind of thing. And I was like, is that true? What does that mean? If it if the going gets rich, the rich get going. And I was just like so blown away by it. Clearly, you guys did not feel the same way. No, I was more just like disturbed by the. Why don't you guys make yourself comfortable? Because in a few minutes, we're going to go for a ride. And I was like, oh, fuck. They're gonna, oh, he's going to kill yeah. them. And mm-hmm. the hearts were totally unconcerned. They they made a joke about it. They, <laughs> I prefer to stand. They, like, just some, it was all just totally nonchalance infinitum. And I, I <laughs> it was bothering me. It kept pulling me out of the episode. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I noticed that he said that. I was just uh, like Joe, because I feel like like Zeke Balinger, more than a lot of the villains that we see in Heart to Heart, really got to to dig into his motivation mm-hmm. behind wanting to buy up all the ranches, right? Mm-hmm. Where he like it went a little deeper than I would have expected to, while still remaining very surfacey, but it was like very timely, right? Where he's like the OPEC, blah de blah. Now I'm yeah. uh coal market is this or that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, this seems hyper specific. Then the dig about liberals ruining it, and then the stuff where it's like they're about to vote to make because everybody's like strip mining's illegal, strip mining's illegal. It's like, yes, but there's a bill on the floor of Congress and they're about to vote. And I was like, wow, this is a lot of info about the potential strip mining. Yeah. Uh, situation and then all the EPA talk yep. about the uh, is it Sendax? What's the name of the print? I spread out. I don't know the chemical company <laughs> and how they were like. She's like, oh, it's not like the Three Mile Island that we thought it was going to be. And there's a Love Canal Love reference Canal, also. Love Canal, Three like, Mile there's Island a, reference. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so much current event stuff surrounding yes. this uh, situation and this this uh, crime. But I want to mention that at one point when Zeke is pretending to not know what's going on. And he's like, it's that chemical company, blah, blah. And Jonathan Hart, mm-hmm. of all people, mm-hmm. Jonathan Hart says something to the effect of, Zeke, you can't just go breaking into a company without any evidence. Yeah, okay. And it's like, said the man who breaks into every place. Yes. Everywhere, all With, the time. On whims, on 
the lightest whim he'll break in somewhere mm-hmm. and it, he always mm-hmm. is proven correct so i guess that's why he thinks that it's okay because he's always like vindicated whenever he does it but yeah that is an insane thing for him to say right. that's just a he's lie like, uh, whoa <laughs> yeah whoa no you're, you're being crazy like, that's not not for you breaking in is not for you it ain't right yeah but he it's and Jonathan, right. he really never suspected Zeke that much, did he? He always no. And Jonathan's always suspicious. He's suspicious of everybody, people's fake, fake cousins. Yes, you know all of it. He's suspicious. All of Jennifer's friends that he seems to think are murderers, wives, or ex-wives, or girlfriends. A lot of those people seem fine. They seem like okay people. And Zeke did not. He seemed like a total asshole, rich guy trying to fuck over everybody that's right. what he comes across and jonathan just still gave him a pass just the way his furry lapel coat fit made him seem like an asshole the way he drove um, his cadillac over that hillside everything i think about the him. cadillac in itself is yeah. pretty much that is either if roxy drove that cadillac it would be like oh that wacky roxy what a character oh my god she's wearing her electric blue cowboy hat today and that's amazing <laughs> but when a guy in that fur lapel coat with insanity henchman uh, drives that car. It's like, Jonathan, come on. Mm. So Jonathan was kind of, I don't know, maybe the altitude was getting to him. <laughs> but when he's telling somebody that you can't go break into a company without evidence and yep. not being suspicious of that same person in such an, a sinister coat um <laughs> i want to talk not a lot about this but because joe you brought it up as a potential segment about jennifer's wish mm. about and then it's the benefit right i have <laughs> to acknowledge that when jennifer says the thing about like oh to jonathan like oh you'll benefit from it later that roxy goes all in on it and says don't benefit him out in the street it'll scare the horses <laughs> oh my god i didn't even I didn't hear her say that, that. That bums me out because that's the best thing ever. That's a great line. (laughs) Roxy for the win. Don't benefit him out in the street. Mm -hmm. Yikes. (laughs) That's so good. That's really good. I love that. Speaking of love canals and and benefits, it's time (laughs) to to pick pick your your poke. poke. (laughs) This is a, yeah, a cow poke. Is dry as the dry as the plains. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm first. Yes, yeah. you are. Tom Raintree, of course. Yep. Mm. Yours too. Tom Raintree. Oh, okay. My Tom Raintree was my second, but and he was he was the first. But then I saw that mustachioed cop that gets knocked out. The, oh yeah, with the rifle. Oh. Yes, and I was like, "Do Sendrak scarred. He, yeah. mm. <laughs> he was attractive. Yeah. yeah, he was he a guard. I thought he was a cop, but I guess he would have he would have recognized the sheriff. The, Silo of polychlorinated biphenyl. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> All those poor it's orphans. A, it's a heat transfer liquid used in some industries. <laughs> oh wow! Ellen's a scientist. It was just like that. That just fascinated me for some reason. Huh. His glasses seemed way too New York. Like they were. He he had like very art world stylish glasses. Like. <laughs> I'm a gay man who buys art. <laughs> they were, I mean, those are special glasses. They were good. Yeah, they were really good. But with the vest, with the knowledge of chemicals, there's just that vet character. That was a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a good way, I thought. One of my last 
notes is when they're in the old west town, the ghost town, and they're they purgatory. S- yeah, purgatory. do you mean purgatory? <laughs> I, I do mean purgatory. They see the the bat Zeke, I think, by his car with the gun facing away from them, and then Jonathan and Jennifer approach from either side of, the, <laughs> of purgatory. Loudly approach. Yes, and Jennifer walks completely backwards around a corner, <laughs> and then he's standing there and catches her, and it's just like. Did you not come up with like something? Even if 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 the three of us had one minute to like figure <laughs> out, we need to do this shot. You know, Jennifer needs to be caught. It's like you could figure out just like one little thing that would. That whole scene, yeah, is wrong. Bad. And like the only thing that I will bring up <laughs> is the ridiculousness of him standing in front of a candy glass window holding a gun on Jennifer He's like perfectly and then waiting by the window. <laughs> a full 45 seconds while a car an unmanned car barrels towards <laughs> yeah. him give me a fucking break like that is so lazy it's so lazy his own car yeah. his own car which he could have literally walked two steps to the left or right yeah. and gotten into that car so oh, but you forget he's also like Jonathan get out of that car <laughs> yeah cuz he can't see I don't know They're, to make to make yeah and much. I don't think the windows are tinted it's not like no. that horror movie the car to make huh. this scene make more sense, here's a rewrite that would be a lot of fun for this episode is if Zeke had this, the bull was kind of, he was Captain Ahab and the bull was like his white whale sort of <laughs> setup, And it's this whole backstory thing. And then when it's charging at him, he's again, he's confronted with the memory of that like bull. That, that bull killed his daddy. Yeah. Yeah. He watched the bull kill <laughs> and his wife. And that's why he bought it and, and killed uh, it. Poached it down uh-huh. to, down it's to like the It's like the the crocodile in uh hook in Peter Pan, right? Like we, he, it's just this thing that haunts him. And then John, Jonathan brings it back to life by charging the car at him. I like, I, that's a real good, that's not a rewrite even. That's just a, yeah. An insertion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a kind of a, an intriguing landlubbery twist on Melville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> landlubbery. I do like that. I think it would make more sense of why he didn't get out of the way. Because he's like, I'll kill you, you goddamn stupid bull. And then he gets killed by it. In oh the my end. goodness. But think of it, the backstory, I just it just popped into my head. I know I already went in on how Roxy tells that story about how he got the bullhorns or mm. whatever with great like dramatic yeah. pauses and whatnot, right? Which she's basically saying like he is a psycho. Yeah. But when Jonathan's like, Oh, that explains the limp. Not only had I not noticed the limp, but I'm just like, wow, this episode has so many extra little embellishments that actually I guess all the episodes should probably have, but they just don't. So this episode (laughs) seems extra realized, I should say, up until the weird purgatory part. It's like, so kind of like to drop the ball and there's like this ghost town that we didn't know about. And then it's booby trapped and it's kind of like apple dumpling gang, not apple dumpling gang, more like, like apple dumpling gang rides again, just in terms of like (laughs) That's not good or as good as it could be. I'm going to assume that they had a really good script. They had like a great episode all written and it was very mm-hmm. light on action. And the the studio was like, no, come on. Like we need a chase. We need a fight. We need a fist yeah. fight. You mean like we need a car chase after they had gotten Rock- back from shooting in the actual place where they were shooting. Very likely. Well, yes. Yeah. Because I mean, I think they half of it was all the interiors I'm sure were shot in Los Angeles. Um, and it's entirely possible that a lot of that was just shot north of the grapevine. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, totally. So, yeah, so it's it it's it all seems legit to me. But yeah, it's I feel like they probably had a really nuanced, nice script for a, yeah. an hour long television episode, but they were required to have action sequences, which is now like, can you imagine a heart to heart episode at this point without? An action sequence. Right. I mean, Jonathan didn't jump off a moving horse onto <laughs> another moving horse. <laughs> a Cadillac with horns on it. I think you're absolutely right. Like that makes total sense because he all the things you said about, about this, he did. He rolled out. Like, Jonathan, get out of that car. It's like, ooh, he's already out of <laughs> Um, all of the extra little backstories and information and everything. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, really sophisticated episode, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. And I guess Roxy and Freeway's little thing with the horse is not enough, like heartwarming comic relief to make it seem more similar to the other episodes of the show. I could absolutely see, see that you're, you're probably a million percent right about that. Cause the ghost town is it's, it's dumb. so dumb. Yeah, it's really it's dumb. so dumb. But I did think that Freeway looked pretty cute. Get, uh, leading that horse. Oh, that was, uh, was pretty. Freeway doesn't need your charity. <laughs> uh, I thought he looked. He does cute. need your peanut butter, though. Yeah. Do you have any? But then they did another shot of him, and I was like, "Oh, the ends of his hair look wet still." Maybe it's wicking it off like fringe. <laughs> yeah. Joe. Joe is just constantly like, "Freeway needs a VO5 hot oil treatment." <laughs> yeah. There's one piece of trivia in IMDb for this episode, and it's just what we just talked about. It says, "In the final scene in Purgatory, the glass in the window that is smashed by the car is obviously sugar glass no used shit. for stunt work." <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's. It was opaque for one <laughs> it was just right bubbles. Uh-huh. it's obviously sugarless i can't believe they didn't use real plate glass and have that actor get cut to ribbons and then get run over I'm yeah so, uh, well if, if you want to go there like the the fact that <laughs> just, they the like fact that they did this sugar glass no shit it's sugar glass the fact <laughs> that they did this this scene at all their hearts were not in it no one's heart was in was in in double heart this range. scene it really wasn't like the candy glass thing. They didn't they didn't shoot him in front of a real glass window up until the moment. They didn't they didn't do anything to make I, any of this interesting. I can't believe it. I spaced out on this, but there is actually something about the hideous purgatory new to us suddenly appearing ghost town section of the episode that I love. Was it the piano? No, it wasn't the <laughs> piano. Although that's a good guess. And it wasn't that Jonathan uses his wife as a decoy. He does that all the time. Yeah, common. And it wasn't the part where he describes, tells her to have give her backroom smile, which I still find. I mean, I know what he means, but I'm just sort of astonished. It's none of that. It's <laughs> what else could it be? It's about Val, the henchman. Oh, Val, when he gets strung up? Before that, when he hears the sound and he literally jumps off the ground. <laughs> At the sound. I don't know if Jennifer shoots at him. There's a, there's a noise and he's down like a little alley or something. And he literally jumps up in the air. And then I realized, hey, another layer to Val is that basically in the ghost town, his springing up out of shock at hearing a loud report. And then the way he kind of prancy dancy uh, leap runs down the street of purgatory. I think that Val kind of was like infusing it with the, like a 
mm, I don't know, like a seven brides for seven brothers sort of vibe. Yeah. Like <laughs> it got, it got real, real like musical ish yep. just in those two little scenes. And then when they, whenever somebody gets hung upside down, I get really freaked out by it. I don't like that. I'm just like, Oh no, they're going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> that seemed weird to me out because he gets strung up upside down and his bandana just ended up in his mouth fully like pushed into his mouth. Not just cause I said yeah. like, how did his bandana get in his mouth? And Joe was like, oh, it flipped up. But it couldn't have. No. It wasn't tied it was around like him. It was just like bandana stuffed in mouth. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember him wearing it like cravat style like Jonathan. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I'm frequently wrong at remembering things. So <laughs> I have no confidence for my remembrances of That's what actually me, happened Joe. in episode. That's me, Joe. That's me. I'm the one that doesn't remember these things. Well, I want to believe that there's a whole, uh, like thing that was left on the cutting room floor where Val really taps into his musical theater background (laughs) and dances all over the ghost town set because it is undeniable that if you hear a sound and you immediately jump straight up that you are someone who has has been in or is at that moment in a musical yeah (laughs) or a western sideshow or Mm. purgatory then he like da 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 like kind of does like the, the leap run where you drag one of your feet like behind you just a little bit yeah. because you're emphasizing like I'm running away. That would have been Yeehaw! great. Yeah, Oklahoma, O K L A H O M A. Yeah, that. Yes, Ellen just complete. You you guys can't see this, but Ellen's eyes were literally spiraling the, the entire time. <laughs> I am on a, just a little bit of cocaine. <laughs> I would have loved, I would have definitely loved to see Val become unhinged like his character hinted at multiple times and just start mm-hmm. musical theatering around. I wish town. he would have yelled, jumping Jehoshaphat. Yeah. <laughs> right. And just like slapped his knee, slapped yeah. the, yeah. It just, that, there, been, that moment is very real. Yeah. Um, that would have been really cool. Mm. Also, I, uh, I kind of would have loved more like a horse chase. Uh, with Val, horse chase would have been good. Uh, ho- yeah, rather than the, the hearts running car chasing a horse in a car, <laughs> they jump over those. The horse breaks that top of that fence off, and then Jonathan twice. says twice. Jonathan's like, "Well, let's see a car get through that," and then the car just drives through this like balsa wood gate. That, I was also just... I when he said that, I was like, "Did I mishear him?" Does he think that these planks of wood are going to stop a two-ton car, a Cadillac, going at any speed? (laughs) Yeah. At any Mm -hmm. speed. With ram horns on the front? Yeah. (laughs) With bull, Brahma bull horns. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that's the goof in the episode. Uh, Those horns could not have been from a Brahma because Brahmas are short-horned. Goof, trivia. I had two notes. My notes were... (laughs) Jonathan's fur coat with bandana ascot is a look. <laughs> Jennifer's brown leather jacket, red shirt look is good. All the that, looks, that was all I said. All the looks merged together in my head as just cowboy. I Jennifer just... looked so good in her brown leather jacket with the red shirt yeah. and the, and the mm-hmm. Stetson and her hair was perfect. She wore very mm-hmm. fitted chaps a lot of times. Yeah, too, she wore those looked... denim chaps that I was like, yeah, ooh, that's that a choice. Really good. She looked amazing the yeah. whole time. Mm-hmm. Ratings? Yeah. Oh, right. It's me. Um, it's tough because until we really get to purgatory... I'm super on board with mm-hmm. this episode in general. Like I think the plot 
is uh, head head and shoulders above just just the way that it's realized, not necessarily the narrative itself, but it's just like ah, oh, I'm, I'm sort of torn. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna round up because oh geez, wow, I don't know. <laughs> um, to, a, to a six. Just remember, this is going to go on your permanent record, and it will affect your future <laughs> earnings. Permanent. <laughs> When the going gets rich, the rich get rich. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it three and a half. I'm really on the fence between giving it uh, about giving it a four because it just didn't. A lot of things that I think normally would really, sorry, that would really chat my hide at, about this episode don't for some reason. Mm-hmm. The Roxy character, I wasn't like, oh, it's too wacky for me because it was very well played. The ghost town thing, I feel like there would, there's definitely a part of me that would see that kind of like insertion of wackiness as just a total betrayal. Cause you know, I don't like that bullshit. <laughs> funny. I don't like funny things mm. when it should be scary and evil, <laughs> relentlessly evil. Uh-huh. Um, but mm, three and a half for me. Okay. I'm clearly still like, we're live and this is happening in real time. <laughs> and then Eric also obviously gives it a three point five. I give it a three. Oh, uh, I give it a three. Ooh. I I a deviance. I I don't like westerns, mm. but I liked this. Mm-hmm. I liked this episode because it was so smartly written, and and mm-hmm. it was like the most coherent heart to heart episode I think yet, mm. <laughs> where mm-hmm. every every line has a has a destination. And I thought it was really good. And I agree. I thought everyone's acting was perfect. Uh, there were no duds, um, mm-hmm. but I do think Jonathan and Jennifer were the were the lower end of this uh, being a quality product. Mm. And the scene in Purgatory is just unforgivable for me. So it would have been a four if they had <laughs> if they had like committed to it just being a quiet western mystery kind mm. of thing. I would have mm-hmm. even being anti-Western and being bored for a lot of this mm-hmm. episode, I would have had to have given it a four just for my pure love of seventies American cinema, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but they, yeah, they didn't. So it's a three. Uh, I was going to give this episode a five uh, until Ooh. Tom Raintree died. And then I downgraded it up point to a four. So I'm going to go with a four. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, and if he had survived the episode, it would have been a five. Because I just, you know, it just, I don't know. Like the the amount of bullshit that they get out of, you know, I just feel like Tom Raintree could have gotten out of that situation. I, I just have faith in him. And they let a poisoned horse live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they killed Tom Raintree. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. And I didn't even mind the purgatory stuff. I would have loved a little bit of lead up to them just all of a sudden being in this ghost town. I would have mm-hmm. loved them to at least mention that there was a ghost town nearby mm-hmm. earlier in the episode just to give us any sort of preparedness for this scene. But I didn't I didn't super mind it that much. Uh it, it was pretty silly. But I loved the cow it felt like a cowboy episode done right rather than the Bacopa nightmare that we all saw, <laughs> that yeah. we all witnessed, but which was done very weirdly. Well, and the the, the raid was very spaghetti Western style yeah. storytelling, very. as opposed to this, which was a cowboy like mystery or whatever. Like yeah. it was a, this, this one was very American, very yeah. uh, 
current events, like you were saying, like totally, they yeah. really hammered home a lot of actual current events of that time, which I also love, and I love yeah. how much they developed the villain and his the motivations that they gave him. I love that they yeah. did that. Uh, I wish yeah. they would do that more often. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to raise my rating. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm raising my oh. rating. To 3.5. To exactly what Ellen <laughs> I, I knew it. <laughs> but I... You can't disagree. It's so stupid. Uh, th- it has nothing to do with the fact that Ellen rated it that. Yeah, right. Uh, no, it's you just convinced me to rate it. It's like, <laughs> I convinced you to match Yeah, rating. it's so... Th- this is such a well-written episode. It is. It's very but coherent. I can't, I can't just say, well, you get one point off for the purgatory scene. Because that scene is like just slashing and burning at inequality elements to the episode for me. My, my rating has nothing to do with the purgatory scene. It's all about Tom dying. I sort of, I mean, I, I would have loved to see more of that character mm-hmm. because it's great to see actors of color on TV anytime, mm-hmm. um, but especially playing a positive role. That's just a normal person. But yeah. I, to me like it had great impact to have him be dead it like, did that was like oh it, damn it um, and even stakes. worse it did raise the stakes yeah when you when you think about it from the character's perspective i mean the sheriff murdered him mm-hmm. that is hideous yeah and completely um like if we're talking about current events hi well but, if we're talking um, about like <laughs> yeah cur- sadly it's not current it's if we're talking about american history Ding, ding, ding. Right. Well, I guess what I'm saying when I say Including current Canadian, events is like Canadian a story a, a story as old as white time. Tale as old as white. <laughs> 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 the writing of this episode was stellar. It was stellar. It's very good. And the performances are on par with yeah. the writing. Yeah. It it fills in all of those spaces that we typically call out. Yeah. Um, and it's true. Like the purgatory thing is, is just, it's an abomination. Ugh. It's a barren. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. that's why I can't give it a four. Mm-hmm. Um, because that purgatory it's, scene, it's the fly in the ointment. Well, it's huh. just like, tell, uh, it's like if you're watching the Godfather <laughs> and then like the last half hour of the Godfather it's a dance number. <laughs> is, yeah, is, it turns into neon Musical. demon or something like it. Like uh. I can't, I can't fuck with oh, it. I can't fuck with just like really ruining a good thing to fit a demographic hold. So, so, and that's what it feels like to me. Mm. So mm. I'm, I have to go with my gut and my heart and it's not a four, it's a three and a half. Yeah. That makes it an 11. That makes mm-hmm. uh, murder in the South on 11, which is still a heart attack. It gained I thought major, it was going to be lower than that. <laughs> it gained major points for crushing that truck with those rocks too. That was cool. That was really cool. Yeah. I will say the one clunky part of the writing for me was when Jennifer is saying things to move the story along. It's really clunky when she does it, yeah. which is not Stephanie Powers or Jennifer, the character's fault. But it's like, do you think that the thing the po- that they're poisoning the thing to do the thing like it's it was very um, like dump. it just it really stood out like a sore thumb to me compared to the other um, dialogue and the other other setups that we had. But um, I am happy to celebrate the <laughs> great parts of that episode. And there are so many. I uh, Yeah, I am solidly still three and a half. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Ellen, what are we doing next? Oh, oh my gosh. 
I'm glad you asked. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Originally airing on March 3rd, 1981. Next week, we're going to talk about homemade murder. Mm. Mm, Yum. (laughs) Um, (laughs) An employee delivers some papers to Jonathan along with evidence of a murder. She hides the clue in Freeway's toy and the hearts are held hostage by the murderer. Okay. This sounds like a full-on heart-to-heart episode. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, thank you, Bill, for your amazing Minimax. Thank you, heard, Bill. Yes. I heard you in there, Jenny. I heard you. Mm. Good job, Jenny. Thank you uh, for following us on Instagram at It Was Murder Pod, or for following us on Twitter at It Was Murder Pod, or for sending us emails at It Was Murder Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, and really thank you for rating and reviewing us on the iTunes, Apple Podcasts app thing. Really important. Uh, and well, it's important for us and it's inconsequential to you. So just do it. (laughs) (laughs) And it formulates their personality. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What you, what you leave public reviews for. What you write a review for on the iTunes podcast app. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a pillar of your personality. It's, you're not putting nothing out there. We appreciate it. This is how we will know whether you're a good or a bad person when we are all made of dust. Good night, Freeway. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Yeehaw. Yeehaw.